0: We have two scripture readings this morning, and both are from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 12, and then verse 14 and 15, and then we turn to Matthew 18. So we turn first to the uh, couple of verses in chapter 6, Matthew 6, verse 12 and 14 and 15, which is on page 811. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if, if you give others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Then we go on to Matthew chapter 18, which is page 823. Matthew 18 from verse 21 to 35. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord... He began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, I've entitled this morning's service, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now friends, all of us at times have been hurt. We've all had someone break our heart by doing something very hurtful. It may have been a girlfriend or a husband, a friend or a colleague or, or a brother or sister. Perhaps it was something minor which you got over fairly quickly. Or perhaps it was something major, something big. We've all been there. How do we respond to such things? How should we respond? How do we forgive? Do we forgive with all our heart? Or have those hurts so, so festered in us that they keep welling up? A man once said, you know, when my wife and I argue, she gets historical. His friend asked him, don't you mean hysterical? No, he replied, I mean historical. She's always bringing up the past. Yes, don't know if you've noticed, but unforgiving people seem to have very long and very good memories. Our friends, our passage today deals with forgiveness. They deal with what forgiveness looks like in our lives, or what it should look like. And Jesus is telling all those followers of him, all those who claim to be his followers, what forgiveness is all about. The first passage we read this morning from Matthew 6 Gives us Jesus' commentary, his exposition of verse 12, which is part of the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts, Jesus taught us to pray, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And he goes to explain that in more detail when he tells his disciples, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In this parable that we read, Jesus elaborates what it means to forgive, what true forgiveness looks like. And when we read these passages, we have to ask ourselves what it is that Jesus wanted his disciples to understand. What was the message? What is what is it that he wanted them, and also his followers across time, across all ages, to understand what do they need to apply in their lives. And there are at least two things in this text that we need to grapple with if we're going to live lives of Christian forgiveness. The first thing is that we ourselves need forgiveness. We need forgiveness because we fall so desperately short of what God wants for us. We fall so desperately short of the glory of God. And the second is that the forgiveness that we have received also needs to flow out into our lives. Or to put it more succinctly, these passages have to do with divine forgiveness and human forgiveness. Let's look first at at the divine forgiveness. Now for many today, the Lord's Prayer, from which we read that first part, the Lord's Prayer for many is just part of the liturgy. It's just one of those things that's sometimes done as part of a service. For some, it's just an empty repetition. But there are several reasons why we have to pray it, why we need to pray it, and also why we want to pray it. Do you know just one little reason, one teensy-weensy little reason? We are sinners. We are sinners, friends. And we can't help to sin because of our na- that is our nature. Outside of Christ, that is our nature. All of us have sinned, all of us, fall far short of the glory of God. And because we are sinners, because we fall short from the glory of God, we need forgiveness. Now please hear me right, brothers and sisters, this isn't about salvation that we're talking here. In God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we, if we have accepted Christ's sacrifice on the cross, then we have been saved. And once we've been saved... We've been saved because of that sacrifice of Jesus on that, on that forsaken cross. And that is a once for all, a once for all sacrifice. Because of his death on the cross, believers' sins are no longer held against them. So why then? Why then does Jesus teach us to pray for the forgiveness of our debts? You've probably seen that some translations in that passage specifically, use the word trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. But the word that Jesus uses here is actually debts. And I have to believe that that's not accidental. You see, like Jesus so often does, he's pointing us back to the Old Testament. He's using the language of the cancelling of a debt, of the releasing from a debt that we find in the book of Deuteronomy. I think it's Deuteronomy 15. And when it's used in terms of a debt towards God, in other words, a sin, it refers to the guilt of believers like you and me, of that guilt being set aside, of being pardoned, of that gift being being cancelled. It refers to being pardoned. This is what Jesus is telling us that we have to ask God for. It's about asking God's forgiveness for the sins that we've done on a daily basis this is well captured in in a, a prayer that's often sung to children when they when they go to sleep when bedtime many sins i've done today please lord take them all away look upon me in thy grace make me pure before thy face friends when you and i first believed all of our sins were forgiven all of our sins were forgiven, but we didn't in that instant become holy and perfect. None of us became holy and perfect that moment that we believed. Yes, because of Christ's sacrifice, God no, rem- no longer remembers our sin. But we are still miserable sinners. We live in the misery of our of our sin. That's what that greatest of evangelists Paul was on about when he said, For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Even if you are the most conscientious Christian, you still sin every day. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us is still being transformed. We're still on that road of sanctification, that road of transformation. So when we pray for forgiveness, we recognize that we are not yet perfect. We confess that our our attitudes, our um, our actions fall far short of kingdom standards. We, all of us, all of us need daily forgiveness. For some, it might be for the desires with which they struggle. For others, it may be the thoughts that travel through their minds on a daily basis. For others, it might be a, a gossiping nature. Perhaps for you, it's the swear words that you use when you're with your friends or Perhaps when your parents can't hear you. Perhaps it's the hurtful things that you say about other people. We are all sinners in need of forgiveness. So Jesus teaches us to come humbly before God, to pray for that forgiveness. And we know that in Jesus we will receive that forgiveness. And we can ask for that daily forgiveness exactly because we have been forgiven in Christ. To put it another way, there's, there's this sort of feedback loop. We can pray for forgiveness because we have already been forgiven. As we are forgiven, we change. And that leads us into deeper repentance. It leads us into deeper forgiveness. And this changes us over time. As we are forgiven, we change, which leads us to deeper repentance and a deeper forgiveness. And this does change us over time. But how do we know? How do we know if that transformation is really taking place in our hearts? How do we know that we are really repenting and changing? Well, says Jesus, look at how you forgive. Look at how you forgive. Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness, but he also teaches us that we are to be a forgiving people. We are to have forgiving hearts. And that leads us to our second text, the parable of the the unforgiving servant. Let's let's just remind ourselves for a second of the second part of verse 12, which is the request for a forgiving servant. Let's not also forget that the debts that's referred to there has to do with sin. If we pray that God will forgive us as we have forgiven those um who sin against us, in other words, our debtors, if we do that with an unforgiving heart, we're not only inconsistent, we're also hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants to make this abundantly clear. So at the end of the prayer, he comments and expands on this when he says, um, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive others your, their trespasses against you, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's the only one of all the petitions of the Lord's Prayer on which he expands. The only one. And that has to tell us something. It has to tell us that this is very important. What is Jesus saying here? After all, aren't all our sins forgiven? We've just heard that, that all our sins are forgiven in Christ. So why is Jesus now saying that if we don't forgive others, then God the Father will not forgive us? To best understand this, we need to look at that parable we read earlier. The parable is Jesus' response to Peter's question about how many times a brother should be forgiven. And in it, Jesus paints this picture of what a forgiving heart looks like. That first servant had a, had a huge debt. It's a debt of 10,000 talents. And one talent is the equivalent of 6,000 denarii, or the equivalent of 6,000 days' work for a normal day laborer. 6,000 days work is one talent. If you multiply that by 10,000, you get to a, a fairly big, uh, sizable, gigantic debt. And the master calls him to account. He cannot pay, repay that debt, so the master he throws himself at the master's mercy. And amazingly, that master doesn't chuck him in jail. He, he gives that mercy that, that's been asked of him. He sets aside this gargantuan debt. What amazing grace that is. He sets aside this 6,000 days work, uh, sorry, 6 million days work, because it's 6,000 times 10,000. That's 60 million days work, in fact. Um, He sets that aside. It's gone. What amazing grace that is. Does that perhaps make you think of the amazing grace of our God in setting aside our sins, our debts, The servant has been granted a pardon. His debt has been set aside. Clean slates. He's been given great mercy. But when he leaves his master's presence, we get to see his dark side. He's hard. He's ruthless. He chokes his fellow servant, throws him in jail for the equivalent of about 100 days work, three months labor. Throws him in jail. That's hardly gracious, is it? That's hardly anything like the mercy that he's that he's received. It's hardly about the mercy and the justice that, that Jesus preached about in the Sermon on the Mount. So it's no surprise that when the master hears this, he's outraged. And he has that first servant thrown in jail, tortured. And then the parable ends with these, these shocking words. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart." That isn't something that we can just skip over. You can't just leave that that part of the passage there. It's not something that we can that we can argue away or sweep under the, the carpet. We'd be right to wonder, is Jesus saying then that to obtain forgiveness from God, we must first forgive others? Does our forgiving depend on first forgiving others? Is that what Jesus is saying? If that's what he's saying, it sounds like a little bit like we need to, to work to convince God that he has to forgive us. That we have to earn our forgiveness. It sounds a bit, little bit like being forgiven depends on us and not on the gracious act of God. If that was the case, the Bible would be contradicting itself, wouldn't it? Ephesians 2 tells us that God reconciled himself to us when? When we were still his enemies, he didn't wait for us to forgive others before he forgave us. We were still his enemies. He then reached out to us. And we see that same principle um, on Jesus' magnificent and sublime words on the cross. when He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. These were the people who were crucifying him, the people taunting him, the people that were denying that he was God. But he still asked his father for forgiveness for them. Even in his agony, even in his agony, he reached out with forgiveness, even to those who did not ask for forgiveness. I know that was Jesus and he can do what we can't, but here's the thing, here's the thing about this parable. When God's grace comes into our hearts, When his Holy Spirit works in our hearts, we are slowly being transformed into what God wants us to be. And that's a slow process that that won't be finished until we meet Christ in person. But in the meantime, is what Jesus is saying, in the meantime, we demonstrate that we have been forgiven by whether we forgive. We demonstrate that we've been forgiven by how we forgive. Paul puts it slightly differently when he says, Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Beloved in Christ, God's forgiveness isn't conditional on us first forgiving others. We forgive others because we have been forgiven. Being, for, being, forgiving, being forgiving people isn't a condition for God's forgiveness. It's a consequence of that. It's not a condition but a consequence. Having a forgiving nature is the result of having God's gracious and merciful forgiveness, having received that. Forgiveness is how we display the fact that we have been forgiven. Forgiveness shows that we are the light of the world. If we refuse to forgive, what does that say about our faith? About our acceptance of God's grace? Let me be crystal clear here. According to Jesus, if you do not forgive, you are not forgiven. Not because you need to earn God's forgiveness, but because your forgiveness by God so changes your heart that you become forgiving by nature. So if you are not someone who forgives, if that's not part of your nature then your nature has not been changed by God and your sins have not been forgiven. That's what Jesus says. If you do not forgive, you are not forgiven. If you are someone who does not forgive, if that's not part of your nature, then you have to recognize that your nature has not been changed by God and your sins have not been forgiven. An unforgiving nature, is a, it's a poison that kills you spiritually. If you love Jesus, then you will forgive as God forgave you. And these may be hard and, and difficult words to hear, but they're, they're words that we all need to hear. It needs to be heard by all of us who get historical about our hurts. These are words that need to be heard By all of us who have a a death grip on our grudges. All of us who refuse to forgive others. All of us who keep digging up old hurts or or who just refuse to let go of the hurts of the past. Whether it's 5, 10, 20, 50 years ago. Brothers and sisters, Satan tries to outsmart us at every single turn. At every opportunity. He's got designs on us. He's constantly looking out for, just for a little gap to come into your life and mine. To exploit our weaknesses. And this is especially true when it comes to forgiveness. When we hold on to that hurt, when we hold on to that grudge, Satan rejoices because he's got us. He just loves to reside where there's bitterness and anger. But we have a glorious assurance. We have a glorious assurance that that we have a God who, as Hebrews 10 says, does not remember our sins. They're gone. They've been truly forgiven. Our debt has been cleared. It's been set aside. Our chains of slavery are gone. We can indeed sing, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me like a flood. His mercy reigns. Unending love. Amazing grace. And friends... Shouldn't that spur us on, encourage us, drive us to ask ourselves how this should should impact on us? If we've been ransomed, if we've been forgiven, if our chains are gone, if we've been set free, how can we let ourselves again be made slaves to the sin of being unforgiving? Are our grudges our most prized possessions? Being truly forgiving is an indication that we appreciate the full extent of God's forgiveness, of God's mercy towards us. It's a picture of where we really stand with God. It's a picture of our spiritual health. If we remain forgiving, if we keep on holding grudges, if we keep harping on about that thing that someone has done, if we're we're just not willing to take that step of full forgiveness, of setting aside that debt, It tells us where we stand with God. It tells us that we really do not know Jesus. If we do not know Jesus, we have no part of him. Jesus said that people will know we are his disciples if we love one another. And there's no love without forgiveness. Love is that process of, of continuous forgiveness. The more we forgive, the more we fulfill Jesus' command. The more we forgive, the closer we are to God. The more we forgive, the more we become like Jesus. The more we forgive, the more our chains of slavery fall off. So where does this leave us? Where does this leave us? Maybe you need to forgive your parents or or someone in your family for something they did to, to you. Do it right now. Set it aside and don't bring it up again. Do it now while there's still time. Tomorrow might be too late. And don't forget, don't forget to lift them up with a loving heart before God, asking him to, to bless them. Asking to bless them and meaning it. For in their blessings you too will be blessed. Perhaps your husband or your wife has been thoughtless in action and has, has badly hurt you and you, you might be struggling with, with forgiveness. Forgive him or her right now and do it in love and, and from the heart and mean it, mean it as you pray for God's rich streams of mercy and blessing to rest on them. Perhaps you've been unwilling to forgive that friend who lied about you Who spread rumors about you. Forgive him. Forgive her. And do it straight away. Don't wait. Let your forgiveness set you free. Set you free from those chains of slavery with which Satan is trying to bind you. And truly pray for your friend to be blessed as well. Brothers and sisters, forgiveness Forgiveness has to be an all-of-heart thing, an all-of-life thing. It has to be practical. It has to be honest. It can't be superficial. It can't be shallow. It has to be something that comes from your heart, from deep inside you, from a heart that has accepted God's forgiveness. It has to be forgiveness from the heart. We can see a picture of such forgiveness from the heart in, in how the, the Amish community supported and, and even cared for and comforted the family of a young man who had shot and killed a number of Amish girls in their schoolroom. What would you have done if you were the parents of those young girls? If someone had come into your children's school and killed a number of them, how would you respond? The parents of those girls expressed what true forgiveness is by comforting the killer's family, by helping them, by supporting them, providing them with food, because other people were ostracizing them. They showed what forgiveness looks like. Practical, true forgiveness. That's what forgiveness from the heart looks like. And friends, I have to tell you, forgiveness isn't an optional extra. It isn't something that you can choose Not to do. It's a command. It's something that you and I have to do. It's something that you and I need on a daily basis. We need to do that on a daily basis. It isn't an occasional act. It's a constant attitude. It's a lifetime, a lifelong commitment. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Ask anyone that's been hurt. It's not easy. It can be extremely difficult. The more you've been hurt, the more difficult it's going to be. But let me tell you this too: the worse the hurt, the bigger the pain is that that you are struggling to let go, the greater the blessing will be when you do forgive, and the more God's streams of mercy will flow out into your life. So let me ask you: How are you going with forgiveness? How are you going with forgiveness? And what does that say about how you really stand with God? Are you willing to come before God today and pray for forgiveness and pray for a a forgiving heart? Are you willing right now to make that, that commitment, that lifetime commitment to forgive and to keep forgiving? How are you going? How are we going with forgiveness? Friends, before we pray, let me invite anyone who is struggling with forgiveness, anyone who wants to talk about it, to come and see me or any of the elders after the service or or at any time, and and we'll be happy to work through that with you. Let's pray. Our merciful God, our Father who forgives our sins because of your great love, we praise you that we could receive that wonderful blessing of forgiveness through christ 's atoning sacrifice and Father, we pray now for your continuing grace in our lives. We pray for that continuous grace, O oh Lord, because many of us struggle daily with forgiveness. We try to forgive, but then then the evil one gets a further hold on our lives and we fall back onto being. Unforgiving, or we, we keep holding on to those, those grudges and those hurts. Help us, O oh Lord. Sanctify us and let your Holy Spirit work in our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit work in our hearts, O oh Lord, to transform us into people who, who are truly forgiving. And Lord, as we are transformed by your love, as we are transformed by the work of your Holy Spirit, Please let us be a blessing to others too. And help us, help us, oh Lord, to live out that forgiveness that we've received in our lives too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.